Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Welcome to Purpose Church. Uh, again, looks a little different, but man, I'm so thankful for you. It's not necessarily the stage and the lights that makes Purpose Church. It's the people, obviously, that we want to worship God, uh, and we're in this place today just to do that, and I'm excited about what God's going to speak to us. Uh, we're starting a new series today called Rhythms. Somebody shout Rhythms. Okay, you got to shout it. I need your help today. Uh, I'm going to be spinning around. I might pass out from just going in circles all the time, uh, but I need your help, so I need you to work with me a little bit, help me preach today. Uh, somebody shout Rhythms. All right, and there's this uh, uh, church that we love and adore, just a great church called Hope City Church uh, in Houston, Texas. They just finished up a series called Rhythms. And what we've been talking about, honestly, as a team, as we were working through what this month would look like, y'all heard of No Shave November, hadn't you? Well, this is No Production November at Purpose Church, all right? Uh, and so, uh, so for the, again, for the month of November, we're going to be doing it a little different because we're installing all of that, and I'm excited about that, and that's the last I'm going to say of it because guess what? We're going to do this like we're going to do it, and we're going to worship like we're going to, and we're we're going to watch do, uh, God do what only he can do, all right? So uh, I'm excited about that. I will say that this series, a lot of it that I'm going to share with you comes from Hope City, some things that they were sharing, because for me, what I was doing and as I was listening to this, we'd already talked about that song right there being what we wanted to get back to as a church, just a, a heart of worship, like the heart behind why we're singing, the heart behind why we're worshiping, the heart behind why we're getting loud and why we clap our hands and why we, again, whenever the, the loud music is loud, like why is that? The heart behind it is because we want to point people to Jesus, right? We want to do whatever we can to make much of Jesus, and we want to be a church that's loud about that name, Jesus Christ, right? We're going to be a loud church. Amen, everybody? Amen. We're going to be a loud church. And so I'm going to share with you a few things that I think over the next couple weeks that I believe that God's going to, like, we can't go into this next season as a church until we address what we're in in this season. And I think these next couple weeks are going to be so pivotal for your life. We're going to talk about the rhythm of a couple things, rhythm of relationships in a few weeks. How many of y'all know Thanksgiving's come up? Y'all going, going to need some relationship tips in a few weeks. We're going to see your cousin Eddie and all them people back home. You know what I'm saying? I'll be with you. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll walk through what the rhythm of relationship might look like, and we'll walk through a couple things, but today uh, is fitting because obviously it changed a little bit what we've done in here, but today we're going to talk about the rhythm of worship. Somebody shout the rhythm of worship. All right, so, so this is what I want you to understand, and I want you to uh, write this down. This is kind of the definition of rhythm, uh, and, and some of y'all got it, some of you ain't got it. Come on, somebody, right? Uh, so rhythm is this idea of a strong, regular, repeated pattern or mo of movement or sound. So write that down, strong, regular, repeated pattern of movement or sound. That's what rhythm is. That's what rhythm looks like. So again, like I said, some of you got it, some of you ain't got it. Tap your neighbor and say, you ain't got it, bro, you ain't got it. No, I'm just kidding, don't do that. Do not do that. That's not nice. That's not very nice. I'm just kidding. But I think about that, and uh, 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 just, just so happens that I got my man David Wagner, D-Swag is what we call him. Somebody give it up for D-Swag right now. David is our drummer, and uh, I, just to prove that some of you don't have rhythm and some of you do have rhythm, we're about to have an experiment together, all right? All right, so I'm just kidding. Uh, but but I, I want to talk a little bit about rhythm, 
what that's like, what that feels like. So, so D-Swag, give me a little, give me a little uh, a rhythm right there with a little kick drum some action. Some of y'all getting there. I see some of you. I see some of y'all like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do right now. All right, some of y'all can dance to it back and forth a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, y'all there? You feel, all right, add a little something to it, D-Swag. Oh, hey, oh. All the white people don't know what they're doing, but all right, all right here we go. All right, now add a little something else in there, D-Swag. Add a little hi-hat. Come on with it. Uh, okay, 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 okay. Okay? I'm looking now look at your neighbor and say you can't dance. You can't dance. You ain't got no rhythm. Come on. All right, give me something else, D Swag. Come on with it. Oh. Hey. Oh. Hey. Hey. Oh. Hey. Oh. Hey. All right. All right, y'all give it up for D Swag right now, really quickly. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. I wanna I wanna prove something to you about rhythm. I want to prove something to you about that. Why we did that was that uh, D-Swag started with that kick drum, right? And the kick drum was the very thing that what it did uh, was it was the thing that set the rhythm for everything else as he was doing that, right? So we started with him on the kick drum. The kick drum, first of all, if you look at this drum set, electronic drum set, it is a, um, what it is, is it, the kick drum is in the very center. And if you watch any sort of drum set, the kick drum is in the very center of it because it is setting the beat, right? You can just imagine when the drummer's beat, when the kick drum gets off, everybody's off, right? And, and what happens is, is as we saw D-Swag just do just a second ago, as he had that rhythm, as he had that kick drum going, he was able to add all that kind of stuff. One more time, can we give it up for David Wagner, somebody? So that was setting the rhythm, and then it was everything else could be added to the sound as long as the rhythm was being set by the kick drum, okay? So I got to thinking about that. Now, what I want us to think about as a church, what I want us to get from that is this idea that you and I have to understand that at the center of our life, we have to allow Jesus to set the rhythm of our life. It's got to be in the very center. Just like this kick drum is in the very center of this thing, we have to allow Jesus to set the rhythm of our life. And if we want to add anything else to our life, you've got to understand that if Jesus isn't setting the rhythm of it, then everything else is going to be out of order. Everything else is going to be out of whack. It's not going to sound good. It's not going to be experienced very well unless we let Jesus set the rhythm of our life. So that's what we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks, all right? And today I want to talk about this idea of rhythm of worship. Obviously, again, this is a great Sunday to walk through this because worship uh, is something to me that some of y'all, and you might be thinking, oh, 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 okay, I can just check out for from here, like I can't sing, I can't play an instrument, I'll never be up in front of anybody with a microphone worshiping or leading worship, like no, like I'll just kind of check out right now. I don't want you to do that because I think for a lot of us what happens is, is we equate worship to 25 minutes on a Sunday morning, right? We think worship is just a little bit of time we get to come in in a dark room and, and you know, big screens and, and loud music and that's when worship is, but what I really want to challenge us with is that's not really uh, the, the whole entire meaning of worship because this is what worship actually is. And I want you to write this down. So we wrote down what rhythm is. Now I want you to write down what worship is. Worship, the definition of worship is to honor or show reverence for or to regard with extravagant respect and devotion. So worship, I'm going to tell you again, is to honor or show reverence for or to regard with extravagant respect 
and devotion. So, so again, if we're going to walk through this idea of rhythm of worship, what I want to challenge our church, what I want to challenge all of us in is this idea that you and I, we have to have a strong, regular, repeated pattern of honor and reverence and extravagant respect and devotion to the one that all devotion belongs to. All right, so we're going to walk through that, what that feels like, what that looks like. That's what we're going to talk through today. And I'm just going to pray for us right now and just believe that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you how only he can today. All right, God, thank you so much for today. We honor you. We love you, King Jesus. Thank you that we can laugh in church. Thank you that we can uh, have fun in church. Thank you that we can get loud in church because of what you've done for us, King Jesus. We love you. We honor you. And it's in your name that we pray. And everybody said? Everybody said? Amen, amen. All right, cool. So I want you to take a couple notes. Because the very first thing I want you to write down uh, after the rhythm and after the definition of worship. The first thing is, is that we were all created to worship. That you got to realize that yours and my life, like, like there is a sound coming from us. Like, like you and I are an a instrument in this life. That we were actually created to worship. Revelation chapter 4 verse 11 says this. That you are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. Somebody shout all things. All things, and they exist because you created what you please. So I want you to understand from that scripture right there, God created all things to honor, glorify, and magnify him. That's what he created all of us for, is that we were created with this desire on the inside of us to worship. But let's get real, really quickly. Let's just be honest. The reality of it is is that we are not all worshiping the one true God. right? The reality is, though, is that we're all worshiping something or someone. You got to think about that. Now, again, I want to I want to just kind of preface a little bit of that because, uh, again, for us as a church, that is our main job as a church is to connect you to Jesus. It's to point everything to Jesus. And and what we want you to know is that again, you were created to worship, but you were created to know God, right? You were created, and that's why we do weekend services typically like we would that are wild and crazy and and, and loud and all of that because we want you to understand that you can bring your friends and you can bring people here that we're going to preach a gospel message that we're going to ask them to respond to the gospel because we believe that every single person is created to know God, to have a relationship with Jesus. Then we want you to find some freedom, right? We always say, hey, uh, uh, life is better in circles, hello, rather than rows. Come on, somebody. You realize you're in a circle today, okay? The, the whole reason why we even did it in a circle was to make you a little bit uncomfortable because you're seeing somebody's face in this room you ain't never seen before. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't never seen some of y'all's face in the light in this room. It's pretty awesome. I like that. And, uh, but, but what I also want you to understand is that we were created uh, to, to do life together, like, like that you can find some freedom. You're going you're gonna to be forgiven by Jesus for your sins, but you're going to find some freedom when you get in a relationship with some people around you and you say, hey, I I don't have it all together. I don't have my stuff together. This is some stuff I struggle with. This is what I'm walking through. And that's the great thing about cruise. That's the great thing about even jumping on a serve team. That again, what we're doing right now, we got five people back in the back uh, with our next team that are going through this thing called Next, which is just challenging people to say, hey, I- I'm gifted in an area or I want to be a part of the church or join the team uh, because I know I-, I have a purpose on the inside of me. And so there's five people back in the back for about an hour. They're just going to walk through the vision of our church and not just that, but to discover the-, the gifting that God has given them on the inside so that we can go out. And the last thing we want you to do as, as individuals 
individuals uh, and as a church is we want to go out and make a difference, right? We want to be a church that makes a difference, not just says that we're different. We want to make a difference. We want to go into every workplace that we're called to go into and make a difference for Jesus. And so, again, the, we're all worshiping something. Our job as a church is, man, we want to connect you to the right posture of worship, the right person to worship being the one true God. And I think about that, but again, all of us, and I, I know we live in the South, right? So everybody's saved, okay? I guess how it seems like that's the case, that everybody at every funeral, funeral you go, that's a hard word to say. Anybody else have a hard time saying funeral? Okay, just me. ADHD is happening. Second service, here we go. Um, but, but I think about it, I think about at every funeral, a lot of times that you go to, everybody seems to have no, know Jesus. But if you would look at their life, they're not worshiping Jesus. Right, And so, so I want to challenge that. I want to be the guy that kind of stands up and just says, hey, we live in the South, but guess what? Not everybody's worshiping the one true God. We're all worshiping something. We're all created to worship, but for some of us, we're worshiping um, uh, ourselves a lot of times. For some of us, we're worshiping maybe a celebrity or, or, or somebody. We're worshiping something. We're worshiping people. Uh, or, or we're worshiping the money, the cars, the possessions, the clothes, whatever it might be. All of us are worshiping in some form or fashion somewhere, somehow. And so I want to just challenge all of us. I want to encourage all of us that guess what? Worship is anything that sits on the throne of yours in my heart. Right, and, and, and I just want to come to us today and just encourage you and I that guess what? The only rightful person that can sit upon the throne of our heart in order to be worshipped is the name of Jesus. It's only Jesus. It's only because of Jesus. And our job as a church and my job as your pastor is to just point you in that direction to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to make sure that you and I, we are pointing our life towards Jesus, that I believe he's the ultimate difference maker. Amen or oh me, church. Okay, cool. So, so I want us to understand that we're all created to worship, that you and I weren't just created just to go through life and just get through and just kind of do our own thing. No, we were created to live for more than just going through the motions. And the Bible even tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, that God has put eternity on the inside of all of us. That you and I were created, not just for here, but we were created for eternity as well. And that God had put that on the inside of man. And that you and I, we were created to worship, ultimately that our worship we would be uh, really devoted and pointed to the one true God. The one that deserves all worship and all praise. And again, I just believe that this relationship with Jesus is a game changer. Right, is that game changer. If you begin to understand this relationship with Jesus, you'll begin to understand that, that it is way different than any ritual that you're supposed to go through, a set of rules that you got to follow, a certain thing that you got to do in order to get yourself right. No, no, no. A relationship is way different. And so when you have a relationship with somebody, let me encourage you, it changes the dynamic of how you interact with them, doesn't it? Right, I think about it really quickly. Like when we're in worship, when we are able to, to, to stand together and to sing together, if you are a child of God, right, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you are now a son and a daughter to the king, right? That's what you and I are. And so, again, we can approach God differently with the relationship that we have because of Jesus. We can approach worship a little differently. Right, worship should look a little differently in our life. And I think about that. The Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And I think about that, and I think about my kids, right? How many of y'all are parents in the room? Come on, wave at me if you are. I just all the tired people that enjoyed the extra hour of sleep last night. Come on, somebody, right? Uh, but your kids still woke up at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like, what happened? Um, 
But I think about as a parent, I'm a dad of four, okay? I got four babies. I got an eight-year-old. We got an eight-year-old girl, not just me. It was us. Uh, you. Okay. Um, eight-year-old little gal, four-year-old little boy, two twin-one-year-old uh, girls. And uh, I think about our babies. And I think about our, um, like, when they come to me, they have a relationship with dad, right? Like, dad has a relationship with the babies. And so what happens is, is when they come to me, they can approach me in confidence knowing, okay, you know what? My daddy loves me. He's going to take care of me. I have a relationship with him. I can crawl up in his lap. I can hang out with him. I can spend some time with him. It's a little different. Like, let's just be honest. They can approach me differently than one of our, our, our purpose kids 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 can, right? Just because I have a relationship with them, because I am their dad. And I want to think about that. I want to challenge us is that when we are in worship, and not just in worship in a church setting, but our entire life being considered worship, right? That, that you and I can approach God differently because of our relationship through Jesus. And I just want to challenge us with that, that the closer I get to God, the, the more I spend time with Him, the more I have to begin to ask myself, and let's just all be honest here, where is my adoration, where is my worship focused right now? Like, who is it focused towards? What's it focused towards? What's the attention of my worship going towards? What is the heart of my worship going towards? What, what is the adoration and the devotion of my life, the extravagant respect, if we go back to the definition? Where is it pointed to? And I just want to begin to ask all of us. That's the challenge I want to give you today. What is your worship pointed to? Because right, we're all worshiping something, but we're not all worshiping the one that deserves to be worshiped. Right? I think all of us have had different things along in our life that have set upon the throne of our heart. But God is asking you and I, hey, would you worship me? And again, I think about we have to refocus our adoration. we got to refocus it. we gotta, we got we to gotta get some good vision and focus it in on the right thing to be worshiping. I think about that word adoration. Everybody shout adoration. That's a big churchy word, right? Not really churchy, but it's just a big word. You could have said something a little easier for me to understand. I get that. But like adoration, the, the real quick definition is to express deep love for. Okay, express deep love for. So like, I'll just be honest, a lot of times when we think of adoration, we think about like a relationship, right? We think of like a, an earthly relationship, which again, I'll just point out with, with my wife, Allie, like this is the idea that I adore Allie. Like I remember, like, like, like honestly, like falling in love with you uh, many, many years ago. And uh, and come on, can you play a little like spirit keys right now? Just trying, okay, no, no, okay. Um, but uh, I remember falling in love with you and I remember like just adoring you, like just looking at you and being like, man, she is just, man. So, woo, just man. And I remember marrying you. I remember standing up in front of all of our family and friends uh, at Murray Women's Clubhouse and just giving my life, obviously the rest of my life here on earth to you as your husband. And I remember our babies and looking at you as you had our baby and they're just a beautiful picture of you, and, and I just love that. And I adore Allie, right? I spend, I spend a lot of times just thinking about how incredible she is. But here's what I want to challenge us with. Even though Allie is my greatest, um, like, gift on this planet, right? Even though she's the greatest thing to me on this earth, uh, I want you to understand that if I talk more about Allie than I do about the name of Jesus, then my focus and my adoration is in the wrong direction. Right, if if I'm if I'm if I'm expecting Allie to give me uh, all the, the affirmation and all the devotion, like 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 if I'm if I'm depending on her more than I depend on Jesus, I'm focusing and I'm worshiping the wrong thing in this life, right? So I want us to just think about that. If I'm pouring all of my admiration to her and not instead refocusing to the Lord, what's going to happen is my life is going to be out of rhythm. Right? My life is going to be out of balance. My life is going to be out of sync. And so I just want to challenge us, where's your worship going? 
Where's your worship going? Like, I just want to take just a second. I just adored Allie for a second. Why can't I just adore the name of Jesus, right? Like, let's just take five seconds just to think about the name of Jesus and who he is to us. Like, I want you to understand, Jesus gave me the breath in my lungs. It was him that gave me the breath to be able to love her, right? It was him that gave me the heart in my chest to be able to love and serve my kids and be the pastor of this church. Guess what? I could have been dead as a five-year-old little boy with leukemia going to St. Jude Children's Research Hospitals for two and a half years. But Jesus saw something completely different, that he would use me. And that's the same thing with you, that you might be dead, you might be far from God. But guess what? He loved you. He saved you. And if you're still breathing, God's got something for you. And I just believe that with all of my heart, that God has that for you. And so I just want to challenge all of us. Again, the, the Job chapter 33 verse 4 says, for the Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. That, that, that everything that I have flows through God first. I, I couldn't earn it on my own. I couldn't do it on my own. But God, thank God for Jesus. Can we just take five seconds and give God a big shout of praise all over this room? I just want to challenge you. Okay, how do, how do I, how do I um, uh, uh, make sure my worship is postured in the right direction? A few things. I'm going to tell you a quick practical step. If you want to get a good rhythm to your day, here's my encouragement to, to you. Is as soon as you start your day, would you just begin the first 15? Somebody shout first 15. That's kind of hard to say. First 15, would you just take that time of your day and would you do three things? Number one, would you worship? All you got to do is turn on half of a Hillsong song. That's going to get you five minutes in, okay? Five minutes of worship, half a Hillsong song, five minutes of, of reading the word. Just go to Scripture, start reading in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Trust me, just start reading about the life of Jesus. If, if he's the one that saved us, I want to know how he responded, how he reacted, how he served people, how he loved people, how he did all of that. Like, I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure I'm getting as much of Jesus as I possibly can, right? So start there, five minutes, and you're like, well, that's not enough. It's better than nothing, right? Start there. I'm just saying start there. Five minutes of worship, half a Hillsong song, five minutes of reading the Bible. You're going to get through a chapter, maybe a chapter and a half, okay? Begin to apply the stuff that you're reading. And then five minutes of prayer. Some of y'all are like, I couldn't pray for five seconds, much less five minutes. If you can't, go back and listen to the rest of the Hillsong song. That will get you all the way through nine minutes, okay? Um, but, but I think about that. Would you spend the first 15 minutes of your day, if you want to set the rhythm of your day, to the things that God wants you to do, try it for a week. Just try it for one week. Give it one week where you wake up and instead of saying, good Lord, this morning, say, good morning, Lord. I'm awake. I'm, I'm, my feet are hitting the ground, and the devil's about to get real mad because my feet are on the ground, and I'm awake. Right? Just, just begin to just refocus like that. Begin to refocus your worship. And I tell you, if you will do that with your day, if I will do that where we set that rhythm for the rest of our days, all the other things that gets added to it, it's going to be all right. It's going it's to work itself out. It's going to be a good sound. Amen or oh me. All right, that's number one. We all are created to worship, but we just got to realize, we got to refocus who the worship's going towards. God needs to be God. Number two, somebody shout number two. Our number two is this, is that your life, we all carry a sound. We all carry a sound. Like, you got to understand that did you realize that your life is a speaker? That your life is a speaker. I think about, um, uh, again, that, that yes, it's great that we get to come in here and get to worship together and do all that together. But let me share with you that once we step outside of these doors, our life is carrying a sound wherever we might go. Our job that we work at, the Los Portales that we go and eat lunch at, come on somebody, right? 
And, I, and I've talked to waitresses literally in our community before. And let me share something with you. They say the worst time to work, the worst time to serve people, you know what it is? Sunday afternoon. You know why? Because all the church people come in. That's convicting to me. You know why? Because my life is carrying a sound far beyond what the voice inside of a gym is sounding like, but my life has a speaker. My life is on blast. My life is saying something with everything that I do. And again, if we want to be a church, if we want to be a people, if we want to be people that God has called to make a difference wherever he's called us to go, I think there's a few things that our life should look like if we were to be out in the open and say, okay, this is the sound that I want my life to reverberate all through this community, all through my life, it's the sound of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Like, that is the fruit of the Spirit, right? And if you know Jesus, the sound of our life, the sound that our life should be carrying, that does not mean that everything's always going to be easy. Does not mean it's always going to be enjoyable. Does not mean it's always going to feel good. Doesn't always mean that we are just going to just have everything lined up perfectly. But you know what it means? It means that even in the midst of all of that, I'm going to still choose to show love. I'm going to still choose to, to have joy in the midst. And again, what I want us to understand is that sound, especially in a dark wild world that's out there, when the sound of love reverberates from our life or joy reverberates from our life whenever there, is, there shouldn't be any love or there shouldn't be any joy is when we can point to Jesus more than any other time ever. I'm just telling you, you gotta, let's just make sure the sound of our life matches the worship of our heart. Okay, I just think we got to do that. Psalm 40 verse 3 says, He has given me a new song to sing or a new sound that's going to come out. Right, A hymn of praise to our God. This is what he goes on to say. It says that many will see what he has done and be amazed. Watch this. They will put their trust in the Lord. Did you know that the sound that you carry, the song that you sing, that your life sings, that, that, did you know that somebody else might meet Jesus because of you? Did you know that you might introduce somebody that would never have heard the name of Jesus before, that the way that you lived your life, the sound that you carried, the, the, the way that you responded in that situation, that, that they could be uh, in heaven with you, that they could meet Jesus because of your life, because of your sound. I'm just trying to bring that to our attention today, that your life carries a sound. Realize that we're all created to worship. We've got to make sure we're worshiping the one that is all, uh, worthy of all worship, but you've got to realize that our life carries a sound. See, Psalm 107 verse 2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Right? So I don't know if there's any redeemed people in this room, but is anybody thankful that God saved you, that he set you free, that he's forgiven you, that he's given you new life, put a new song on the inside of you? If he has, come on, can you give him a better shout of praise than that? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let's be loud. I want my life, I want our church to be loud about the things of God. I want our life, our church, to be known for some things like Jesus is our point, people are our heart, generosity is our privilege, honor is our posture. All of those core values, that's what we want to be loud about. We want to be known for those things. I want that for all of us. I want that for our church. I want celebration to be our response. I want all of those things to happen. You know why? Because ultimately, we want to point everybody to Jesus, all right? The last thing I'm going to tell you is this, and our team's going to start coming up. We're going to worship in just a second, but I, I think you need to understand, and I need to understand, that worship is a weapon. That worship is a weapon. That our worship is a weapon. And here's what I'm going to ask everybody to do. Would you mind? Just stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet all across this room. We're almost done. I'm glad you're here. 
I'm glad you embraced the awkwardness of singing out loud next to somebody that never heard you sing before. I think it's in that awkward place that God can begin to work. But I think worship is a weapon. Now I want to I read you a story in just a second. It's one of my favorite stories in all of the Bible. I literally love this story. This is a guy named Joshua. Right? Maybe you've heard him, maybe you haven't heard of him. I think about this guy named Joshua, and Joshua is, is the leader now of the Israelite people. Right? He's leading these people, and he's saying, hey, God had promised the Israelites. He promised them, hey, I've got a land for you. I've got a place for you. I've got a territory for you that you are going to take over, that you are going to be the leaders of, that you are going to be in charge of. And I think about that story, and you know what it does? It begins to just, for me, it begins to, uh, to kind of resonate with where we are as a church, right? God has called us to Murray, Kentucky. And not only has he called us, he gave us a home in this place for two years and nine months. But guess what now? He's calling us to another territory that we're about to take in Jesus' name right down the road, 601 South 12th Street. Come on, somebody, right? That's what he's calling us to. Now think about that. Now think about, like, what, that's what God's calling. And I, I draw so many parallels, and thanks to my wife just pointing this out to us this week of this story of Joshua. Again, one of my favorite stories in all the Bible. But, man, just, just the fact that worship is a weapon, and we got to see that. we got to understand that. So this story is, is that, that literally the land is in front of them. It's right in front of them. But there is this giant wall that's all the way around them, all the way around the city that they're supposed to take over. Right? Y'all remember that song, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho? That's all the church people in the room right there, okay? All right, everybody else like, what? All right, that's a Sunday school happening right there, okay? But, but there's this place called Jericho, and, and the Israelites are supposed to take it over. But there is this ginormous wall in between them and what God has called them to. Now think about that, and this is what the Bible says in Joshua chapter 6, uh, verse 5. Uh, verses 3 through 5, I'm sorry. Joshua 6, 3 through 5, it says, You... And you're fighting men. Somebody say fighting men. Fighting All right. What you think he's about to say, ooh, this is going to be good. This is going to be great. We're going to go in there with sword. We're going to go in there punching people. We're going to be going in there knocking people down. Watch what he says. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. And when you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horn, have all the people of God shout to the Lord as loud as they can. Come on, can we practice? Give me a second. Here's the ram's horn. Like, like it. All right, here we go. Then watch what it says to happen. When you hear the priest give that one long horn blast, have all the people shout to the Lord as they can, then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. I want you to understand. Understand that he said you and your fighting men. Right? Again, a lot of times what we would think that, that you know what, how are we going to conquer this city? How are we going to do it? We're going to do it on our own strength. We're going to do it on our own might. We're going to do it on what's on the inside of us. Like, oh, this is good. On my own, I can do this. I, my talents, my gifts, my things, right? But I just love what he said right there. And, and, and these guys, these fighting men, had to be obedient in the waiting of six days. Right? Can you imagine just for a second? Like, literally, um, I, I, like, like, they march around. Like, these are fighting men. They're known as fighting men, Right? Can you imagine for just a second what happens is, is they uh, march around the city for that first day, right? 
and all everybody comes back home and they go back to camp and they go back to their wives at their little tents and you know I can just imagine if I'm this fighting man and my my lady at the tent is just kind of like oh 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 you big handsome stud like like oh how many did you take out today you know and be like well babe we just we just walked around it I guess all we did we just walk we just walking. Oh, tomorrow you'll get them, big boy. Don't you worry. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I'm going to walk around again. Start walking around the city again. What happens? I get there. Same thing, same day, right? For six days, you got to understand, fighting men were surrendering their will to fight for their will to worship. And I think there's some of us that, in my own self even, In this season right now that we're in, I'm trying to muster up the strength on the inside of me. When God is not asking for that, He's asking for me to have a heart of worship. And I think for some of us, I don't know what it is that you might be walking through, but I just believe that, man, if you will have a posture of worship, if you'll begin to to worship God for everything that He is, if you'll begin to just, just give your life to Jesus, if you haven't done that already, and then you will just say, God, do whatever you want to do with me. I'm done with my own strength. I'm done with my own abilities. God, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to handle this. You're going to have to take over. If you and I will begin to do that, I just believe what happened in Joshua will begin to happen right here in Murray and Callaway County. Watch what the Bible says in verse uh, number uh, 15. It says, on the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn, marched around the town as they had done before, right? So we'd gotten up. We set up churches we had done before, right? We'd done it for years. We've done it for two and a half years, three years almost, setting it up and tearing it down, setting it up and tearing it down, doing, being obedient in the small things. Being obedient when God says to do it this way. Being obedient when God says to shut it all down. No production November. Yes, Lord, that's uncomfortable for me, but we're going to listen to you, right? Verse 15, on the seventh day, Israelites got up at dawn, marched around the town as they had done before. But this time, somebody say this time. They went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, as the priest sounded a loud blast of the horns, Joshua commanded the people shout for the Lord has given you this town watch this verse 20 when the people heard the sound of the ram's horn here's your chance ready they shouted like it as loud as they could and watch what happened suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged straight into the town and they captured it you know what I love about that story and again how I pull so many parallels for where we are as a church now where we're going as a church now is God has called us to this city God has called us to this county God has called us to this state you're in this room because you believe that God wants to do something not just in this church but in your life to make a difference for him wherever you you might go. And my thing is, I think God is looking for people not to fight out of their own strength, but a heart to say, you know what, God, I'm giving it all to you. I'm going to fight. I'm not going to fight on my own strength. I'm going to fight and I'm going to worship. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay down my weapon and I'm going to draw up my hands. I'm going to say, God, do what you want to do. The strongholds and walls that are in your family and, and generational chains that have been uh, intact for generation after generation. Again, we've tried everything in our own power to break them. But I think God is just looking for a people that would say, you know what? I'm going to lay it down. I'm not going to pick it up myself. I'm going to lay it down and I'm going to worship. And so that's what we're going to do in just a second. I'm going to give an invitation after we get done singing. But I want everybody in this place, man, however you need to respond, I want you to respond to the gospel today. Like you may, in just a second, you may need to raise your hands and just begin to cry out to God and say, God, I, I haven't had the right heart. 
I haven't had the right posture. I've been making it about everything else but you, God. I don't know what it might be. I don't know how you need to respond, but I'm just going to pray that you do that in just a second. Come on. If you're comfortable, stretch your hands. Not if you're comfortable. We're in this room and it's uncomfortable. Just stretch your hands towards heaven. And let's pray. God, we believe today in this place that you want to, you, you've met us here. You've pricked our heart. There is a rhythm of worship that our life carries a sound, and it's more than just a song that we sing in a room. Yes, it's going to be a 25, 30 minutes on a Sunday morning, but it's every single day that we are posturing ourselves before you, saying, God, we want to have the heart before you. We want to open our hands. God, you can put in what you want to put in. You can take out what you want to take out. I'm positioning myself to hear from you, God. Lord, today we love you. Today we want to sing to you. We want to just lift up your name. We want to have the right heart behind why we worship. And today as we sing, come on, let's just have the right heart as we sing together. And I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's, it's all, all about, about you. It's all about you, Jesus. And I'm, I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made. It's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, it's all about you, Lord. And the right thing I'll bring. Now I'll bring you more than a song, a song in itself. You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart Sing, I'm coming back I'm coming back to the heart of worship It's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for Thing I've made it's all about you. It's all about you. Every head bowed and eyes closed. You're in this room, and maybe that's something you couldn't really worship today because you don't have that relationship with Jesus. I believe today is that day of salvation for somebody in this place, somebody listening on a podcast, somebody watching online. Today is the day of salvation for somebody that Jesus has been drawing you in. He's been saying, hey, I love you, I care about you. See, the Bible tells us that we've all sinned, that we've all fallen short, that we're all messed up, that we've all struggled, that we've all been born in this thing called sin. But Jesus, even while we were still sinning, even while we didn't want him, he still wanted a relationship with us. And so I'm so thankful that that's the Jesus that we served. And the Bible tells us that there had to be a payment for sin, and Jesus himself was our payment. He went to a cross, that he died 
on that cross, but he didn't stay dead. They put him in a tomb. They thought he was dead. He was dead for three days, but he came back to life. And we serve a risen Savior, and the fact is that you can have a relationship with that same God that got out of the grave. You can have that relationship with him today. Maybe you're here and you need that relationship. I'm just going to ask you, as we're just singing about the heart of worship, this, this has got to be the prayer of your heart. It doesn't have to be necessarily with your mouth that you say it word for word like this, but you've got to mean it on the inside of you. And you've got to say something like, God, would you save me? I believe what you did on the cross, Jesus. I believe that you died, that you died in my spot. I believe that you were put in a tomb, that you got out of the grave. And I give you my sin. I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for giving me life. Today, as I, as I give my life to you, help me for the rest of my life here on this earth make a difference wherever you call me to go. Maybe that's you. Maybe you prayed something like that. You prayed that word for word. But in your heart, you meant that. And you asked Jesus to save you. If, that, if you did that today, first of all, again, as I always say, we're going to be a church that celebrates some things. A celebration is our response, that we're going to get loud about the things that God gets loud about. And guess what God gets loud about? Heaven parties whenever one person comes to know Jesus. And so we're going to be a church that parties when one person knows Jesus, when somebody on a podcast hears about Jesus and comes to faith in Christ. But I just want to know, maybe you're in here and you just said yes to Jesus today. Here's my heart for you is that you would connect with somebody. Not that you would just make that decision. That's not just one of those decisions you want to keep to yourself, but well, you would tell somebody. And our team, I'm, I'm looking at the door that you came in today. Our team is towards that wall. And I'm going to ask you, maybe you're here and you just prayed to receive Jesus. I'm going to ask you, would you make your way to them right now? I'm going to count to three. Our team is going to move as well. They're not going to go too far, but they're going to be moving, so you're not the only one moving. One, two, three. If that's you and you said yes to a relationship with Jesus, would you just go and, and walk and talk with some of our friends that are at the back? Man, we would love nothing more than to give you a Bible, celebrate you, encourage you. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.